I believe a cabal of secret societies has controlled the world for over 200 years. And we get to be alive at a time to see it fall. I believe that Satan incited the Jews to scream, crucify him, crucify him. And it totally backfired when Jesus said, forgive them, as they do not know what they do. I believe that the deep state or shadow government is trying to destroy America and that soon those involved are going to be completely exposed as America unites to destroy the deep state. I believe that we have an omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent God that has put his hand on this moment in time to deny the timeline of the enemy and is about to heal our land. I believe that the worldwide news media simply repeats 4 a.m. talking points produced by this criminal cabal and that it will soon be exposed for the entire world to see. I believe that all the world religions tell you that to get to heaven you have to earn your way to heaven with your works. But only Christianity teaches that it's by faith alone. And for me to get to heaven, it's 100% Jesus and 0% me. And for you to get to heaven, it's 100% Jesus and it's 0% you. I believe that George Soros is funding violent socialist groups to destroy America. And it will totally backfire. As America wakes up, unites, and takes their country back. I believe that Satan wants you to live in fear. So he can feed off your fear. That God has raised up an army of God, his remnant, his red-pilled Christian patriots that will help defeat Satan and the New World Order because of our faith. I believe that the patriots have legally established over 150,000 sealed indictments that will soon be unsealed. And we finally will see justice established with military tribunals. I believe that Jesus' death on the cross was a complete victory over Satan and that his victory allows all of your past, present, and future sins to be forgiven so that you can live the abundant life. And I believe in the power of one person working as a team with other Christian patriots and have massive impact in reversing this ungodly culture. And I believe that Obama and Hillary were exercising a 16-year plan to destroy America. And the Lord God Almighty saved us by allowing Hillary to be defeated by an anointed Donald J. Trump. And I believe that when I'm preparing to teach something, I end up forcing myself to learn it more deeply and I get blessed from what I learn. Therefore, I'm blessed to teach. And I believe that God has called me to empower Christian patriots with truth. And that's why I invite you to join us at blessedtoteach.com. That's blessed with the number two, teach.com. God bless you. And I hope you'll join me and all the Blessed to Teach patriots. And let's see what God is doing today.
here we are on Sunday. Wow, May 21st already. Can you believe that? 2023. And uh, what a beautiful time to just worship the Lord and teach on the end times. <laughs> so we're going to be uh, really taking another layer uh, back from that. We've been teaching out of the book of Daniel. We went through chapters 1 and 2 and 2. Is so prophetic about the statue that you have to go look at seven, which is very similar, and eight, Daniel chapter seven and eight. And that leads you right into Revelation. So you kind of have to talk about the, the end times. So that's what we've been teaching on uh, the last few Sundays. Uh, if you have, if you missed, uh, you can go back and see the details of when we went through two, seven, and eight of the chat of, of the book of Daniel. I think you really enjoy that. But now we're, I'll, I'll review that real quickly and get into a lot of detail on the end times. We also have a new song um, that we are going to be releasing today, uh, a new worship uh, video that has, the, again, the scriptures tied to a brand new song, as well as uh, the beautiful video that uh, and lyrics that you can see on your phone. So I think you really uh, will, will enjoy this brand new song called Waymaker. You've heard that, right? But now we have a video on it. It's one of our songs that we've sang for many years, but we, uh, for the last few years, but we haven't done it in a video format uh, yet. So that that's going to be released here in just a second. I want to lift it up to prayer first, though. Heavenly Father, just thank you so much for the privilege of being able to speak to so many people on these platforms all at the same time. Lord, thank you for uh, having this beautiful music that we can share and just uh and just worship and we just pray that all our hearts we can just put everything away and just worship you as well as learn what you want from your word of god the sword of the spirit lord we just submit this time to you in the mighty name of jesus amen and with that we're going to get right into worship on this new song um, for us this new video it's a new worship video called Waymaker, and that obviously hits a lot of scripture so the first thing we're going to do is look at that scripture. It talks about you are, you are waymaker, miracle worker. It reminds me of Matthew 19, 26. But it says, but Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Right? Because things that are thing impossible in your life right now, um, God's a waymaker. He's the miracle worker. You can depend on him. He's your refuge. And you see number two here, this song talks about you are here moving in our midst 1 Corinthians 3 16 says do you not know that you are God's temple that God's spirit dwells in you hallelujah and then 2 Timothy 1 14 says by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us guard the good deposit entrusted in to you he's entrusted that Holy Spirit with you it dwells in us is that not exciting that's out of 2 Timothy 1 14 and talks about you are working, you are here working in this place. And John 5, 17 says, but Jesus answered them, my father is working until now and I'm working. And promise keeper talks about in here. Fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised under Romans 4, 21. Let's just celebrate this promise keeper we have, this way maker, this miracle worker who's moving in our midst. He's working whenever we need know he's working. This is Waymaker. He's our
spirit dwells in you is that not just beautiful we'll play that at the very end of today's uh, broadcast as well for those of you who just missed the first of that that are coming in it's a brand new music video here's another beautiful video um, worship video on blessed be your name Psalm 113 2 and 3 says blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore from the rising of the Sun to the setting the name of the Lord is to be praised. That's why I think it's so important as we learn God's word, we're praising or play songs throughout this um, broadcast. That's what Word and Worship's all about. When I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. I rejoice that you share in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed at the revelation of his glory. We're going to see that glory in a major way, despite our sufferings of what the globalists are doing to us right now. <laughs> you give and take away, Job, despite everything, said the Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. And then it says, when the darkness closes in, many of us feel that's happening right now in our whole world with these globalists, right? 
But you know what? We have a God that is keeps his promises and he's awesome. Psalms 23, 4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Let's just celebrate how blessed we are and blessed be the name of the Lord.
What a great way to get started on this Sunday morning of Word and Worship, where we're going to be digging into, again, the end times teaching series that we're on. We studied Daniel 2, 7, and 8, which led us into Revelation, and we talked about Isaiah 61 that Jesus read, and um, Psalm 2. I'm going to peel back a lot of different interpretations of Revelation and Daniel um, and really understand why I believe what I believe. A lot of it is what the current prophets are talking about, the, what we're experiencing with this globalist takeover of the country and, and the world and what the predictions are, or what, what, what the prophets are talking about where we are. So a lot of that make, makes it clear to me um, how we should be interpreting interpreting uh, Daniel and Revelation. So let's dig into that. And I'm going to, for those of you who missed the last couple Sundays, I'm going to go ahead and just review real quickly what was, you know, could be very long, long teaching. So probably better to, if you really want uh, a, a more thorough understanding of this, to go back to the last uh, last Sunday, last couple Sundays. So here's Daniel's vision of the ram goat. We read this um, uh, just recently, I think on Thursday night. So usually my teachings are Mondays, right right before praise and prayer, Thursday right before praise and prayer. By the way, this Monday we're going to do communion, so join us uh, that Monday. And then Sunday mornings. And then Gus and I teach on the book of John on Fridays, uh, Word and Worship. And so those are kind of the teaching times if you want to get more. Um, so I, I read through this entire thing. Again, Daniel's 2, 7, and 8. Um, really talk about this right here. It's summarized beautifully, I believe, in this uh, graphic. The four kingdoms of Daniel. For those of you going to the podcast, I'll kind of explain this real quickly. But in chapter 2, you talk about the head of gold, and you talk about the breastplate um, and uh, the, the two arms of silver, the belly and the thighs of brass, the two legs of iron. And that parallels almost exactly with with chapter 7. In fact, it, he tells us in the interpretation, the angel interprets it saying the wings of lion and what it is and the bear that had two sides, one raised up higher and had three ribs in its mouth. He had this leopard that with wings that didn't even touch the ground, right? And had four wings and four heads and uh, that, that paralleled right with the belly of the thighs of brass. And then he had this big monster and um, that, that paralleled to the two legs of iron. Right, so there's not much argument on that. Almost everyone agrees with what these are. And even in chapter eight, you talk about the ram and the goat. Remember, this one, chapter eight was written after uh, Cyrus had already come in and taken over Babylon. So that's why it doesn't parallel to Babylon. The top part, the ram parallels to uh, the bear and the silver. Right, so and that's the the ram comes in in chapter eight with the two horns and one horn higher than the other, just like the bear had one side other uh, other, and it tells us that's a the medial Persian Empire, right? And uh, he goes in three different directions and had the three ribs, so that parallels the bear and the ram are the medial Persia. The angel actually tells him that, and even says the goat is Greece, and so the goat is over all the earth. Um, touched not the ground one notable horn and then the then that horn gets replaced by four horns just like the four wings and the four heads so the leopard and the goat are talking about Greece and Alexander the Great and, uh, and then we have Rome which is the legs of iron and this monster that comes in chapter 7 now chapter 8 does not go into Rome and so when you're talking about end times really where we are now you really have to look at chapters 2 and 7 and go to Revelation. 
and this uncut stone, cut uncut by no human hand, um, actually is going to hit this statue. It's all going to all these kingdoms are going to turn to chaff and disappear, right? And I believe that's the second coming. Almost, almost, almost everybody agrees with that. Um, but we'll get into uh, this a little bit. So let's just look at this real quickly. What I've shown in the previous episodes is the first is this. This is the Babylonian Empire. Those of you on the podcast, it just shows that they took over all the way down to the Persian Gulf, all the way up into parts of Turkey. They took over all Palestine and Israel, right, and all of Egypt. So the Babylonian Empire was was very, and that was the, the, the and that is, if you go back, that is the head of gold and the winged lion. And remember, those 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 wings get plucked, and then he's given he stuff it like, and he gets he gets, gives the mind of man because Cyrus went crazy for seven years, and then God gave him his mind back after he humbled himself, right? And so that is the Babylonian Empire. And uh, Babylon was right here on the Euphrates River. It was uh, just gold everywhere and purple and, uh, and, and, uh, and basically almost Saddam and Gomorrah type uh, um, Babylonian gods and, and, and sin and all that type of stuff was happening um, there. But uh, you can see the red dot shows when Daniel was exiled. And there's several exiles, but, but uh, they brought Daniel. So Daniel's writing about this in chapter 2 and 7 while he's in, in Babylon. And uh, then um, Caesar comes, I'm sorry, Cyrus. Cyrus is 45, many call Trump uh, Isaiah, from Isaiah 45, talks about Cyrus. They talk about Trump being a modern day Cyrus. I believe he's gonna be way more than that because I believe he's gonna accept the Lord like never before, throw a stone, which uh, both uh, Kim Clement talks about, as well as uh, Trump throwing a stone, as well as Julie Greens emphasize that as well. We'll talk about that. But uh, so that's the Babylonian. But then you have King Cyrus, right? Here he is. He started in 559 BC. He took over Persia, and um, you can see within uh, he took over the media enterprise in 550, and they would kind of work together, where one side was bigger than the other. This is the bear, right? This is also the um, right here the leopard, right? Which I'm sorry, the ram, the ram that has four horns. The, 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 um, Right here, we had the, the bear had one side higher than the other, and the ram had one horn higher than the other. That's clearly talking about the medial Persian Empire that ended up taking over Lydia, and so it was bigger than uh, the Babylonian Empire. It also took over, obviously, all Babylon and Egypt, so it expanded greatly. And but it took uh, 20. Uh, you can you can see here from 525 BC when his son took over Egypt to 559 BC, it took. Uh, what is that, 25, 34 years, 34 years for him to do that. But what happened when the leopard came? So this next one is the leopard and also the goat did it extremely fast. And so in less than 10 years, Alexander the Great came and he took over all the area that Cyrus had. And this is about 200 years later, 323 BC, you count backwards because it's before Christ obviously, right? And you can see he, he obviously took over all Greece and the medieval Persian Empire was giving them all kinds of problems for those 200 years. And Alexander's father took over and Alexander the Great took power and he took revenge on the medieval Persian Empire, took over everything, right? So it expanded all the way to India and, um, and obviously, obviously Greece to the west. So this is that west, this, this leopard that came in. So that's the, the, the Greek Empire and then nobody um, disagrees, I think, that these two uh, 
I, I, should, I should say some people try to say Greece is the fourth kingdom, it just doesn't fit. Almost everybody agrees that, that the two legs of iron and this monster in chapter 7 talks about Rome. And you'll see in Rome, um, if you just zoomed in on where we were talking about, right, we're talking about they took over everything that, that Alexander the Great had and then all across the Mediterranean. It was, this is that monster, this two legs of iron, of strength, and, and I think, believe, and this, they, they came to a common language of Greek, and that's when Jesus came, obviously, during the Roman Empire, and I believe that was done on purpose, so there was a common language when the gospel came in, and that's why we have 5,400 uh, copies of the New Testament. That are all that are all in Greek, and there's 24,000 if you took the other languages. But we have this common language of, that gave us this New Testament that is the most documented document of antiquity, the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit. We have um, with massive documentation of reliability. So that's one thing that's just so exciting when you look at the Roman Empire. I know that was fast of a review of chapter of these chapters, but I, but this brings us into okay, what are these what what are these bottom areas? And this is where there's massive disagreement. Okay, is these is the feet of clay and iron mixed together a divided kingdom here? And uh, many people think that that's already that already happened in the past in AD seventy. Um, but uh, I really believe it's the future for a variety of reasons. One is what's happening with Kim Clement Stone with Trump and what's going to happen with the stone, uh, obviously, that, uh, that Julie Green's talking about as well, as well as this language. If you read it, I think it's extremely clear that it's talking about the future, especially when you look at the parallels in Revelation. Now, there's a lot of teachings um, and, uh, that are different on this, and so I wanted to address those a little bit so you understand and we can't take hard stances on this, guys. There's beautiful people who believe how to baptize differently, right? There's beautiful people who love the Lord and, and uh, that believe differently about um, thing, things like tongues and, and about predestination and also is it pre-tribute of the rapture. There's all kinds of... We should not be judging and throwing each other under the bus. This is the time to come to unity in the right God, the right Jesus, and the right gospel. That's the most important thing, right? But it is important to understand, okay, how do these, how, how, where do we fit now? Because we want to apply the Bible to, to now. And I really believe it's really important to understand Rome and the feet and this great mountain and this, this stone that's, an un, that's, that's, a, that's cut by no human hand and how that might apply to today, right? Almost everybody thinks they're in the end times, like during World War One, Hitler's Antichrist and all that. So we had, to, we know that's not true now, obviously, right? But we have Israel coming together as a nation, um, which is a huge fulfilled prophecy toward the end times. So we know we're in the end times, right? Um, but how does that apply to today? And that's what I love, love digging into scripture, right? So we'll continue to dig in right now as we go here. And this is, this is the way I believe this. And again, there's all kinds of charts talking about these last few feet. This is a, a beautiful picture. And you have all these show notes, by the way, if you just sign up for the show notes, everything I'm showing you, um, especially if you're on the podcast, this will make a lot more sense. If you download that, I'll, that come, they'll come out on Tuesday mornings, uh, um, uh, show notes. Okay. So Again, just go to blessedteach.com, blessed with the number two teach.com, and you sign up for the show notes on the front page there for free, the source information. So this is a really detailed chart. I don't have time to, to get into all of it, but you can see it talks about what that other statue just right there. You have the 
right here, if you look at the timeline, you had Babylonian from 605 to 539 BC. Then you had the Medo-Persian Empire, 539 to 331 BC. And then Alexander the Great, the Grecian Empire, right, right here in the, the bronze, um, 321 to 150 BC. And then you had Rome that came in as the two legs of iron, right, as well as the monster uh, with the ten horns. And that's 150 BC to the fifth century. And so you see um, this iron, and and this is this is this kind of shows this spirit of, of Rome stillness. In fact, Q had all kinds of pictures and letting us know that the Congress had all kinds of Roman Roman type of. Uh, articles hanging on the wall and everything so if you think about this this the, the, the even even though all these kingdoms have been uh, destroyed from a physical king standpoint they're still existing in the secret societies in my opinion right with the gold the the, the babylonian gods and the medio persian and greek greek gods we know about all these greek gods and these and these roman gods they're, they're still in the secret societies. They're worshiping Lucifer and all these, all these, all these false gods, right? So, so when it talks about them, uh, a stone hitting them, the, uh, obviously when Jesus first coming to die for our sins, um, uh, the, the first part of Isaiah 61 that you read, right? He, he came here to die for our sins, not to come as a worldly king, right? That was one of the reasons the. That they, that they didn't understand it. So here he, he comes in, and then there's this big event that happened where obviously um, he was uh, it, Christ's resurrection, obviously, or death and resurrection. And then you see um, on 8070 where, where the Nero came in and destroyed the temple and destroyed. And, and some, some people try to talk about Revelation. Um, that the tribulation was literally in 8070. I completely disagree with that, but hey, there's beautiful people that teach that. Um, so I don't think we can take hard stances on it. So that's what I'm gonna, but I believe this is the right timeline here. And that then you you have this church age, they call it the mystery or, or the secret, right? Is the mystery of the church age, which we're in now, where we have the Holy Spirit, the kingdom's growing like mad. And so I think a prelude was of, of the final stone that's going to take out all these statues and, and this kingdom that will never end is going to be the second coming, right? Way, this is what we talk about, the second coming after the tribulation. I believe there is going to be a rapture, whether it's pre, mid, or post. Uh, again, you can argue about that all day. I believe it's pre, but it doesn't really matter um, as ma much as you just make sure you're ready for Christ's second coming at all times, right? Um, but we have right here, you have, you are here, it talks about, and Israel declared a nation after uh, eight, 1,878 years without a homeland in May 14, 1948. You know, that just shows, okay, we're getting closer because that's a huge fulfilled prophecy of the end times. And so um, what's beautiful, um, uh, and then, then you see, and so, so the whole thing is, I believe this is right. They have the iron and mixed clay as a future kingdom. There's a lot of reasons why why uh, we're going to dig into that and i'm going to show you some verses in revelation of why i really think that this is the seal judgments and the trumpet and bowl judgments going to be the, th the three and a half years afterwards and the three and a half years before we see uh, the jewish temple has to be built by this time in order for the for for the antichrist to to do all all the all the things talked about in thessalonians and revelation um but again is this perfect is this right versus other views 
um, we just shouldn't be taking those hard stances in my opinion but here here's where I think Daniel uh, 2 and 7 actually parallel with Revelation um, as far as the iron and feet and the monster with ten horns to Revelation 17 9 to 11 so this is where I wanted to get to that was all summary that we taught last time but now let's dig into Revelation 17 9 through 11 this calls for a mind with wisdom the seven head now this is talking about the the, the whole the whole uh, in fact I'll just take this to, to the whole chapter so you'll see that this is talking about the great prostitute and the beast and I'm gonna focus on 7 through 11 when I saw her I marveled greatly but the angel said to me why do you marvel I tell you the mystery of the woman and the beast and the seven heads and ten horns that carries her and he explains this quite a bit in Revelation the beast you saw was the, so this beast which the harlots on right you saw was and is not and is about to rise to the bottomless pit I believe this beast is talking about the same the monster of Revelation Right? And I believe it's all future stuff for a variety of reasons. We'll get into that. And uh, so the beast that you saw was and is not, so think about Rome. It was this huge two iron legs, right? This, and, and then it, it, it and is not and is about to rise from the bottom of the pit and go to destruction. This is the second Rome that I believe that this is talking about, right? This, so you have, you have this Rome here. Right, that was in, in uh, 150 BC, and then then you have here iron mixed with clay, which is the second Rome. So that spirit, all these secret societies and everything, I believe they're trying to rush into this time period now, and they're not going to get there, right? But that, that, that but that, remember, there's in the future there's going to be it, it talks in the days of the kings, the ten horns, the ten toes. Um, we haven't seen that yet. There's no clear distinction and of that, and we'll we'll get into that in, in a little bit as well. And the dwellers on earth whose name have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world will marvel to see the beast because it because it was and is and is to come. So I believe that is Rome coming back, right? It's also when the Antichrist gets uh, uh, um, a head blow and then comes back to life, right? That could be the blow that Jesus gave in the first the, 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 it, when he came in his first coming and uh, it's coming back uh, coming back alive um, or it could be a physical thing that happens to the to the to the um, to the Antichrist this calls for a mind with wisdom with the seven heads or seven mountains on which a woman is seated many different interpretations of that as well I believe it's the seven mountains of cultural influence that they've, t they've taken over and they're gonna take over later. As uh, But we got this period of time that we're gonna take possessions and become the church of without spot or wrinkle, right? And that the stone's gonna be thrown up another prelude to the second coming in our time. And that's why it's so exciting to be alive today. Um, they are also seven kings, five of whom have fallen. Getting a lot of different interpretations of this. I believe this is Egypt and the four kings that we just talked about in the statue, right? These one, two, three, four in Egypt, they all have fallen, right? I believe that, and now again, there's different interpretations of almost all of this. This is why, why it's, it's healthy to keep open-minded and understand, hey, interpret all the interpretations might, might not be perfect, and we can still love each other during this time disagreeing on different things, right? But I'm applying it because of the because of what's happening today 
the secret societies, the globalist takeover, and what the prophets are saying is going to happen to them makes me very, very confident in where, where I believe. And that is that the five of whom have fallen. So they are also seven kings, five of them have fallen. I believe that's that's the four we just saw in Egypt. And one is, the other has not yet come. So one is, when he was writing this, and, and there's very good evidence that John wrote the, 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 the book of Revelation in around 90, 96 AD, not before 70 AD. That, that's, that's a total, I believe, incorrect incorrect date but the a lot of the people that teach that all this happened the tribulation was part before 70 AD has to make that uh, incorrect intellectual decision I believe right so so I think this one is is Rome right because it's because it was existing right then five had fallen one one is the other has yet to come very clearly future and when he does come he must remain only for a little while this is that own that seven-year period that the ten kings rise up and the and the antichrist comes and i believe the beast is uh the the harlot is is the antichrist and so so that's it's uh you got obviously and so there's different interpretations of that as well so nobody really agrees on on this it's really tough but what you can understand is that it's clearly we're gonna have a second coming right it's clear we're gonna have a tribulation period i don't think that there's not many people that don't believe that's upcoming and I think we're clearly going to have a rapture, right? But I believe we're in a time right now where those stones are going to be thrown as a prelude to the to the second coming. That is going to be amazing for us. As the beast that was, is, and is not, it is an eighth, but belongs to the seven and goes into destruction. So, so to me, this is, again, clearly talking about Rome's second coming, if you will, right? <laughs> so you have, and, and the ten horns that you saw are ten kings who have not yet received royal power right there again that's parallels back to the ten toes in daniel 2 the ten horns in daniel 7 and it clearly says who have not yet received the royal power so in ad 90 they haven't received it yet but they are to receive authority as kings for one hour together as a beast and there's a lot of reasons why I don't think all this happened before AD 70. Uh, one is, is, is it's really clear that that horn that came up and plucked out the three other horns and the monster in chapter, chapter 7, it clearly took me to just talking about the Antichrist, right? And, uh, and, the, and, and, and these are of one mind and they hand over their power and authority to the beast. They will make war with the lamb and the lamb will conquer them. For he is Lord of lords and king of kings and those with him are called and chosen and faithful so that's a beautiful part we win but you know in, in the end that that's 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 a beautiful part but let's get into real quickly some of these different um and, and i can't drain this but this is different schools of interpreting revelation just to show you how un um unified beautiful people who love god are Right there's a there's a big teaching going on right now by some beautiful people about it, which really is this preterism which is basically saying everything happened before eighty seventy, and uh, I'm gonna just tell you real quickly why I don't believe that's true at all that there that this is way off, and that is uh, if you look at this this and again this will be the, a critique of preterism, and you'll see here that it goes through quite a bit here but I just want to kind of come this that there's different views of it but this is what they say they they believe that that um, number one, they have to say John wrote the book in AD 65, which I believe the evidence does not support. 
And then uh, they believe all this stuff happened and then the church age and, and it really the tribulation happened back here. The metaphorical return of Christ, like it's a passive, because like, remember Rome continued for many years after Christ, hundreds of years, right? So so that does not fit with the, the what, what Revelation and talks about. He's coming back with power, right? Um, but there's a couple of different views here. But here's some things that are, are a problem with that. There are a number of biblical passages of preachers used to support their view. You'll be able to see these, and they teach these in detail. And people, get, people memorize these scriptures and focus on them, but they don't look at the problems with it a lot of times, right? So, um, and so this is, this is all the details about it, but here's the critique of it. Okay. Number one, the book of Revelation does not date to AD 65 as preachers claim. You just go look at almost all the evidence. Almost everyone agrees it's AD 95. So John is, is, is future talking about the future Antichrist, the future tribulation. So if it's AD 95, AD 70 has already happened. So that's a big problem with this view. Um, and then, um, and, that, and again, I, the second thing is, that, uh, and this is, shows the evidence toward John writing his book in AD 95. Okay, he wrote the book of John and it talks about the different dates of different things. This is when Nero came and destroyed the temple in AD 70. Right, and it, so reason number two, the early church fathers disagreed. This is, this is a big one. So all the early fathers, you can see Arrhenius and Justin Martyr and uh, all one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. All of these people that were teaching um, all believed that revelation was future, not past. Okay, and that that's important. And and it wasn't until AD sixteen hundred that you had this 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 preterist view coming in. So I just tried. And then reason number three: the Olivet Discourse in Matthew twenty-four does not align with the destruction of the temple in AD seventy. There's a whole bunch of detail about that. Again, you'll find these in the show notes because I can't go over this in the, the limited time I have. I want to be worshiping as well. And it uses inconsistent uh, hermeneutics. So, so I, that's, a, that's another great one if you go read through this again. But it also seems to contradict the clear teaching of Scripture that this is clearly talking about future kings. And it's going to be ten kings. And they talk about the, the Caesars who weren't king. I mean, I mean, the different governors in Rome. There was twelve of them, not ten. And um, and there's no cl and, and they try to talk about the horn in a in a weird way that it's clearly the antichrist and it's, it's a powerful antichrist that has eyes and blasphemes that, and so so anyway that, that I just want to make you guys understand that there's a lot of information um, here that and a lot of different views um, I don't think we can take hard stances but I do believe it's all future okay and that's a beautiful uh, look at why in this next article. Um, that I found as well that's beautiful that you'll have in the show notes and I'll dig into that after singing a few more songs and we'll talk about how this applies to today in the uncut stone I believe and that when we talk about Daniel 2 7 and 8 and uh, how beautifully it aligns with the futuristic view of where we're going and in today how we have many preludes of the uncut stone so that'll be fun to dig into I already dug into that in previous weeks but now I'm doing it in a little more detail so let's continue to praise a little bit before we run into that. I want to jump into this Revelation song. And this is, again, tied to Scripture so well. This song talks about, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Same with a loud voice. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. 
That's Revelation 5.12. And the uh, second verse in this song, it's beautiful. It talks about sing a new song to him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. Sing a new song is all over the Bible, right? One, one, um, and, and it, 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 it's all, and also just sitting on this mercy seat. What is this mercy seat? Um, Revelation, um, Exodus 25 talks about that, but Revelation 5, 8, 10 talks about this new song, right? The four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb and they sang a new song. So all through Psalms talks about singing new songs and here we are at the end of time where we're gonna be doing the same thing as we uh, fall, fall down and, and do that. Exodus 25 talks about the mercy seat. You shall make a mercy seat of pure gold and you shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark there I'll meet you. So the priests would come in and they would, uh, God would meet them once a year in the Holy of Holies, right? Pretty cool when you think through that. Um, but now the high priest came of Jesus. And so now we all have access directly to the Father through Jesus. Is that not amazing? The curtain tore when Jesus was crucified from the Holy of Holies, giving us access to this mercy seat. But when Christ appeared as a high priest, he entered once and for all into the holy places by means of his own blood, thus securing eternal redemption. Hebrews 9, 11 through 12. We have eternal redemption through Christ, direct access to the Lord. And, and who, is, who was and is and is to come. I'm the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord. Who is and was and is to come. The Almighty. Let's worship him with the Revelation song.
Worthy is the Lamb of the Slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Woo! Just want to keep worshiping a little bit and we're going to dig into my interpretation, I guess, of where we are in these end times and how it applies to this uncut stone, what the prophets are teaching. But the most important thing is that we're focused on Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. Right. This song talks about, at the cross I surrender my life, where your love ran red and my sin washed white, I owe all to you, Jesus. And Ephesians 1.7 says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. That's what's so beautiful about this church age, this mystery, this surprise, that we have the Holy Spirit in us. We have direct access to the, to the, to the Father. Wow. I don't think many people in the Old Testament would have been able to predict that. <laughs> they wanted the kingdom rule, but we got something much better. We have a place where mercy reigns, the second verse, and never dies. Streams of grace flow deep and wide. All the love I've ever found. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. It's a perfect time to make sure we're in Christ, in the Word, like never before. The third verse in this song talks about where sin and shame are powerless, where my heart has peace with God and forgiveness. Colossians 2.15 says, He disarmed the rulers and the authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Him. Woo! Let's celebrate what He did for us on the cross. There's a place Mercy reigns and never dies. There's a place where streams of grace flow deep and wide. Where all the love I've ever found. Like a flood comes flowing down at the cross, at the cross, I surrender my life. I'm in all of you, I'm in all of you. Where your love ran red and my sin washed white.
beautiful song. I tear up everyone on that one. That's uh, just such a beautiful song that we can get close to the Lord. And that's why we do this um, word and worship to where we make sure our hearts are right. And we're really focused on the right thing. This whole different interpretations of different things can get us to fight each other when we know we all need to unify on the right God, the right Jesus, and the right gospel. The cross, the message of the cross is the key to all this, right? So let's not get wrapped up too much in judging each other that have different, slight different beliefs. As long as we know that triune God of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, know that He came to die for us on the cross. That's the most important thing to really, really center on, right? But it is important that He's given us the Word of God as a sword of the Spirit to understand in the days we're in now, how do we apply some of this stuff? And so that's why I love to dig into this next part and you can tell I'm going into a little more detail today than we have in the last few Sundays, um, different views to make sure, number one, we understand that there are a bunch of different views. And um, I interpret things based upon my study of, of uh, the last five or six years of, these, of this uh, globalist takeover and the secret societies and what the prophets are saying and what, what's happening, where they're unraveling and they're being exposed right and left. It's an exciting time to be alive. I, we're going to see the fall of this cabal in a big way, I believe. And that, uh, and that is why it goes so well with the futuristic view. Uh, everything that's happening and what Kim Clement talked about is uh, just in unity, I believe. And so as we look at this future Rome that this talks about, that I believe Daniel 2, 41 through 42 and 7 through 24 talks about, it will be a divided kingdom mixed with common clay. Some of the kingdom will be strong, and part of it will be brittle. Out of this kingdom, ten kings will arise. This is at the time of these kings, right? Talking, definitely talking about future. So if it's written AD 70, it's got to be future stuff. And uh, we dug into that quite a bit. And um, let's get into a little bit. We know that Jesus read Isaiah 61. Beautiful, the year of the Lord's favor. And this, and this has um, 11 verses, right? And he only read the first one and a half verses, which is really interesting, right? So we find that um, where he read this in Luke, right? You'll see right here, this is when he was rejected at Nazareth, when he was in the temple teaching. And he read, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and covering of sight to the blind, to set the liberty those who are oppressed, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And, he's, and he rolled up the scripture and basically said, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. In fact, if, you're, if you use, uh, uh, by the way, if you use what I use, Bible Gateway, I always forget to do this, but if you come to the, you can actually set the red letter right here. So um, I like that better because then we see what Jesus read this and he says, today this scripture is fulfilled. And then he basically talked about that, guys, you, got, you guys think you're the seed of, of uh, Abraham, and that, but you're, you're, you're sinful too. You need a savior, <laughs> right? And that offended them to where they wanted to kill him and throw him off the cliff, right? So we know that happened, and there's a beautiful rendition of that, by the way, in uh, The Chosen, right? And I, play, I played that um, a couple Sundays ago as well as a, another different type of clip. But it's a nine-minute vision here that's just beautiful about uh, them doing that, right? Um, so if you get a chance, that'll be in the show notes as well. I've already played that and I want to dig more into detail of this. But so we know he read that first 
chapter and a half. And, and then so the question is, why didn't he read the rest of this, right? He stopped right here to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And, and that's what we're just saying about the cross. How beautiful of a time we live in, the church age, where we have the Holy Spirit in us as we accept Jesus as our Savior. How beautiful is that, right? And we should just bask in that and take, and he's our refuge, and pray to him constantly. Put on your armor of God. Use that sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God that we're teaching right now, right? Um, but it's really interesting. He didn't say anything about vengeance of God. I believe that's the time we're going to be getting into right now. And the ultimate vengeance is going to be in the second coming, uh, that ultimate stone that comes in. I believe we're about ready to do a prelude of what Trump's going to throw. And be, why? Because Kim Clement talks about it. Why? Because Julie Green talks about it, right? And it also fits extremely well with the cabal unraveling before our eyes, right? And so what's going to happen after after this? We need to understand that. We also need to understand um, so, uh, other other things as well. We, that was rejected here is, is uh, things like Psalm 2. The reign of the Lord's anointed. I don't think these have happened yet. And so if you look at Kim Clement's prophecy, when he talks about, and then he will take a simple stone and he will hold it up and they will laugh at him, but the plan is so brilliant. It could only have been given by me. So God not cut as, so it's a stone that's cut, that, that's, that's not cut by human hands. So I really think we have a couple of preludes to the ultimate stone of the second coming. Right, the first prelude was his first coming. Obviously, that just unraveled Rome eventually, right? As as the church grew and the Spirit of God came into us, and those and and as those all crumbled, they had to go in to even survive, go into secret, into the secret societies, all the ugly stuff that's going on right there. But this talks about the giant of debt, the giants that have come to to the brothers of Goliath, stand with glee, watch America. We will cripple you. You will lose your credit. And this talks about the stone is going to not only destroy the giant of debt, which we're seeing right now. They're trying to destroy America with that, with debt. And all over the world, they're trying to, 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 to do that, right? And it also says the giant of socialism, they're trying to put all across the world and communism, right? And the giant of human secularism trying to destroy, destroy us right now and take us over in tyranny. But this talks about, this whole prophetic word talks about, clearly talking about Trump. Talked about it right before he came down the escalator. And, uh, and so what's a stone that, that Trump is going to throw? And there's more clarity in the prophetic word from Julie Green. And this is, a, a, this is a, what she did on November 6th of 2022. And if you just search on the word stone in there, you'll see she talks about this several times. The Lord told her this, in my opinion. It says, my children, I have told you I'm bringing back my David and that my David has the stones talks about that right there, right? If you go down later in the prophetic word, it talks about it again. It says, you have been given authority. So I've told you as my David is drawing near, this is the time for the stones to be thrown. This is the time for the giants to be coming down. Very similar to Kim Clement's prophetic word, right? And this is the time for the giants to fall and some will die. And uh, if you continue to go down here, this is a, a much bigger part says, well, well, but I will give him the strength, talking about Trump. I will give him the courage. I will give him, I will encourage him. This is a humbling time for your president. But this, and again, the rightful president being Trump. But this is a great time because my David is coming. All he needs is me. I really believe that, that 
stone he's going to throw is, is is the Lord, right? He's going he's gonna to come to the Lord like never before. He's going to depend on the Lord. And you're gonna, and he's going to have that wisdom and knowledge and discernment to do what's right. When God acts in the supernatural way, remember he's the commander-in-chief, I believe. If you talk to Derek Johnson, he'll be coming on the show here later this uh, um, in, in, in two weeks, I believe, uh, along with Juan O'Savin, and then we have Amanda Grace and Mary Crowley, two prophets coming next week. It's just a beautiful time. But he has the stones in his hands, so he knows exactly what to throw, and I will tell him when to throw it. You are coming to that day when the stones will be thrown, but only one stone is needed to take them all down, because that stone is me. I believe that's what this prelude to the second coming is going to be when this cabal falls and we're going to fulfill all these other prophecies that have to happen such as Psalm 2 which says why do the nations raise and the people plot in vain is that not what's happening now we got cabal people that are running France and running Germany and running the United States and running Canada and running most of the world why do the nations plural rage and the people's plot in vain the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel against the Lord and against his anointed. Anointed being plural in my opinion here for sure, right? Saying, let us burst their bonds, plural, apart and cast away their cords from us. Is that not a perfect description of what's going on right now? Who sits in the heavens he who sits in the heavens laughs. <laughs> That's why you can be comforted right now, guys. You can be in the peace that transcends all understanding. Why? He's laughing at the cabal as he's unraveling them and they're falling into all his traps. We see the media just losing control completely. He's just let, putting them out center stage. He's putting Biden center stage to make a fool of himself. All the policies are making fools of the whole cabal's plans to try to have tyranny over us and have our borders overrun and include and, and, and be it so they can continue to do their child sacrifices and human trafficking and everything that they're doing now and god is going to bring that to an end temporarily before the tribulation i believe and that i believe it's going to be the pre-rapture and that's going to explain how quickly they can do it because they're going to lose everything they're going to start broke as robin bullock would say right he's laughing at him the lord holds them in derision then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrifying them in his fury, saying, as for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill, and I will tell of the decree, the Lord said to me, you are my son, today I've begotten you. And again, this is talking about Jesus, obviously. But again, we, he's the head and we're the body. So our head needs to align, I mean, our body needs to align with his head. When that happens, a glory is gonna come to us and you're gonna see power like never before. I believe that's exactly what's gonna happen when the stone is thrown. As of me, I will make the nation your heritage and the ends of the earth your profession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them into pieces like a potter's vessel. These are the two verses that clearly have, in my opinion, have not been fulfilled yet. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. That's us, the body of Christ. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Right? This, some people are saying this, this parallels to the iron and clay feet. I disagree. This is talking about us taking possession of the lands. This is, this is talking about us breaking them. This isn't saying that 
this is we have the iron right and we're dashing the potter's vessel now therefore O kings be wise be warned O rules of the earth serve the lord with fear and rejoice in his trembling kiss the sun lest he be angry and you perish in this way for his wrath is quickly kindled blessed are those who take refuge in him this comes back to what we we're just singing about on the cross we just take refuge in in god and all this is going to work out he's laughing at the cabal as horrible as it is remember if we have christ even if this cabal executes us and we become a martyr we still win right so we we can just rest in peace and know that we are living in an amazing time we probably get it we're all going to be alive to be able to see the fall of this cabal in a major way and then we just need to look at 61 again and understand what jesus didn't read right he read through the first part of verse 2 and we can know that this is all coming that that once that once trump throws this stone the best is yet to come and there's probably going to be military involved there's going to be supernatural acts from the god there's going to be this what, what great awakening to the great exodus and uh and that's why we studied so much on the exodus right it's going to be a worldwide exodus that's just it's going to happen this freedom is going to going to go worldwide he's chosen the united states because of the beacon of freedom and the constitution that and the covenant he had with the founders to be an example and then that's why glory is going to come back to the united states it's going to spread throughout the the united the, the, the world to his people that are going to take possessions of the lands. Then, then obviously when we're raptured, all, all the horrible stuff's going to happen. But he read right here to proclaim the Lord's favor, and, and let's bask in that. Let's, but look, but this is what's coming, guys. I believe the rest of this is coming, right? Psalm two, what we just read, right? Where we're going to take possessions of the land, because why? Because the vengeance of the Lord, the day of a vengeance of our God. Again, it's going to be a prelude to, I believe, the second coming. But to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes. This is where some translations say beauty for ashes. We sing about that a lot, right, with uh, some great songs. The oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, and he may be glorified. They shall build up ancient ruins. They shall rise up former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities. Trump is talking about building 10 new cities and, and doing all these wonderful things. Um, I believe we're going to be alive to be able to see that. The devastations of many generations. Strangers shall stand and tend your flocks. Foreigners shall be your plowman and your vine dressers, but you shall be called the priest of the Lord. He talks about us being a royal priesthood. And they shall speak of you as ministers of God. What's going to be our main goal going forward? Because we're not going to have to worry about our uh, bills and stuff like that as much. I don't believe. I believe the glory is going to come on us and we're going to, he's going to be our great uh, Jehovah Jireh, our great provider, right? And we're going to be focusing primarily on this with the stadiums full of people worldwide coming into want to learn more about God and see his glory and manifest the miracles we're going to be seeing. And we're going to be ministers of God. You shall eat the wealth of the nations. He's going to be blessing us as we do this. And the glory you shall boast. The glory is going to come on his remnant. So just make sure your heart's right. You're focused on the word of God and that you are spending time with him, worshiping him like we are today. 
right? Praising Him and just basking in Him as your refuge. And what's going to happen? We're going to eat the wealth of the nations and the glory shall you shall boast. Instead of your shame, there shall be a double portion. This is the shame, the glory that we're seeing about, right? Instead of dishonor, they shall rejoice in their lot. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess a double portion. They shall have everlasting joy. For the Lord loves, for I, the Lord, love justice. He loves justice. It's coming, guys. This is the vengeance of the Lord. This is the lion of the tribe of Judah coming. I hate robbery and wrong. It's all they've done. It's all this, that's all this globals have done to us. I will faithfully give them their recompense. See, you don't really think this has happened yet, right? Just look at what the secret societies and the globals have done. They've pretty much in the natural destroyed us. About ready to take us over, it looked like, until they started unraveling. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. That's why all the, all the prophetic words are talking about this time and that, that this this cabal is going to unravel completely the offspring shall be known among the nations and their descendants in the midst of the peoples all who see them shall acknowledge them and they are an offspring of the lord hat the lord has blessed our offspring is going to be blessed i will greatly rejoice the lord my soul shall exult in my god for he has clothed me with garments of salvation how beautiful that is. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself like a priest and with a beautiful headdress and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the Lord brings forth its sprouts and a garden causes what is shown in it to sprout up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all the nations. This is what's gonna happen, I believe, in our time. We get to see this. And then ultimately, we're going to be up and raptured, right? The tribulation is going to happen. More people are going to be saved there. It's going to be a horrible time. It's only seven years. And then the second coming is coming, the final stone. That's going to all these all these kingdoms of the gold and all these uh, and, and, the, and the silver and the brass and the iron and the leopard and the monster and the goat and the ram. They're all, all those leftover things that are still there that are in these secret societies are gonna go away like chaff, as Daniel 7 and 2 talk about. And this final kingdom, the, the 10 kings that come up and the Antichrist are all gonna destroy, which Revelation talks about in detail. Wow, I know that's a lot. <laughs> but we are gonna sing now about that. There's a Graves to Garden song that really kind of fits this perfect, right? That talks about uh, many of the things we just read about in Isaiah 61. So let's uh, let's talk about how this fits with what we just read. Lord, there's nothing better than you. Is that not true? You're the only one who can. He's the only one that can be this amazing and do all this to take down a cabal that's taken us over. Exodus 8.10 says that you may know that there is no one like the Lord our God. Philippians 3.8 I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. So I said, don't worry about all these theology and different opinions. Just focus on knowing Christ Jesus as your Lord. <laughs> it says, you turn mourning into dancing and give blue to ashes, as we just talked about. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing, says Psalms 30:11. And right in 61, which we just read, it says, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. 
You turn bones into armies. Ezekiel 37 talks about God once he breathes, once he says to move, watch out. So I prophesied, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army that he created out of dead bones. So the dead churches, the dead, they're gonna, he's going to wake them up. We're, we're gonna, it's going to be so exciting. You turn seas into highways. This is what's happened in the second exodus, guys. Something similar to this. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord drove the sea back, and the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground. But yet, we're going to be in a great exodus worldwide. Because he makes graves in the gardens. Let's worship him. I search the world But it couldn't fill me Mass empty praise And treasures of fame
house. Woo! We <laughs> give them beauty for ashes, a little joy for the morning. But you may know that there is no one like the Lord our God. Wow. Is that not cool? Looks like I got my... Uh, I'm not going to go to that song. Sorry, we had a uh, cursor take over on the second computer. But wanted to uh, just talk about a few other things. I know we burned through the whole hour and a half. Backstagers, if anybody wants to share, let me know. I am going to end with a new video that I started with because many of you came on late. Um, beautiful um, new worship video on Waymaker um, that we'll end with. Um, but wanted to also just show one more scripture that just shows why everything's, I believe, in the future and this, we're in a beautiful time. Um, is if you go uh, to this scripture here, um, and that is uh, when it's talking about uh, this. This is all in Ephesians, Ephesians five, right? One of my favorite memory verses is just, uh, um, you know, kept me married for thirty years. Right now, is husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her. <laughs> I, I quote that all the time. Uh, husbands, just make sure you're loving your wives and you're and you're basically um, you you have to do it like you give you give yourself up for your wife, right? It's very important. And then this is talking about, it's paralleling it to Christ and the church, right? And, and when it's talking about that, that that God, he may sanctify her. He's gonna, he's gonna sanctify the church. And having cleansed her by washing water, uh, washing of the water with the word, right? So this is, uh, the word is Christ, right? It says, so that he might present the church, this is Christ presenting the church, how? To himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle, or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Do you think the church right now fits that definition? Obviously not. Guys, this is about ready to happen. The best is yet to come. We're about ready to see amazing things in our time. Amazing things in that time. That we are going to see a church with splendor, without spot or wrinkle, that she might be holy and without blemish. What a beautiful time we're coming up into. And we're gonna just worship this waymaker is what we're gonna be doing. And so let's do that right now. Uh, this song, this is beautiful. I'm, and to put the video and the lyrics all together with attached to scriptures makes it so much more fun for me to just worship. In the bottom, you'll see the scriptures as well uh, as the song is going. And it says, you are a way maker, a miracle worker. But Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Matthew 19, 26. Talks about you are here moving in our midst. It says, do not do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? What a privilege that is, guys. In 1 Corinthians 3.16, His spirit dwells in us. It says, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. Guard that huge privilege. That's 2 Timothy 1.14. You are here working in this place. But Jesus answered them, my father is working until now and I am working. Don't think he's abandoned us. He's working right now. John 5, 17, and promise keeper talks about fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That's how Romans 4, 21. He's our promise keeper. He's our miracle worker. 
He's here in our midst. He's working for you behind the scenes when you don't even know it. Oh my goodness, let's just worship him. Who are we worshiping? We're worshiping the Waymaker. I worship you. I worship you. 
are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Woo! I tell you what, <laughs> what a beautiful um, worship, word and worship period. Um, I wanted to uh, just read one thing here on Facebook. Nancy Myers is saying, um, replying to uh, let's see, she's from Pennsylvania. It says, Grandson Shane recovered five hour surgery at Misane Hospital, Maryland, learning to walk again. He will be in step down unit for two months rehab. Blessed be the name, Lord Jesus Christ, for all prayers for his recovery. So I know we usually do praise and prayer on Monday and Thursday, and we have prayer walls as well. You can put things in the prayer wall 24 7 on the neighborhood. It's neighborhood.social. It's a Facebook replacement platform. So get that there. But I'm just going to lift up um, grandson Shane real quick for Nancy. Heavenly Father, just thank you so much for Shane. And thank you for the, the fact that he has recovered and that he is in, in this rehab. We pray at this, uh, you supernaturally make his recovery faster than the, the doctors could even ask or imagine, Lord. We just pray you touch him. You are the Jehovah Rapha, the great healer, Lord. So right now we pray by the power and the might of Jesus, that mighty name above all name, by the blood he shed for us, by that power and authority, we call him healed quickly, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, touch him. Allow people to understand and may he be a testimony to your greatness. We love you, Lord, and we say these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. And uh, I know Chris had a, so a few few thoughts on uh, the teaching, etc. So, Chris, go ahead. Good morning. Um, can you hear me? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, one thing. One thing that um, the Lord brought to me. I've been watching Trey Smith's videos on God in a Nutshell. Yeah. Uh -huh. And he was talking about. Um, the Roman kingdom. Mm -hmm. And he said every other one of those kingdoms were conquered. Mm -hmm. Rome fell. Mm -hmm. They were never conquered. So pretty much they kind of dispersed. And I believe the same thing. I believe that they're going to try to rear their head and that God's going to have to conquer them because they weren't. Um, and then I'm not sure if this is out there, <laughs> um, but when I was watching one of the videos, the Lord kind of talks to me through things when people like say just different sentences, maybe even. Um, but when Jesus was crucified and the Bible says that the veil was rent from top to bottom, mm -hmm. Everybody right now, like we we're living in a time that everybody's being lied to and there's a lot of deception going on. I, I just looked and it may be somewhere else in the Bible that I'm not seeing, but when the veil was rent and it I've always been told that it gave us access to the Lord, that we didn't have to go through a priest or anybody. We could go straight to the Lord ourselves. Mm -hmm. But was the Ark of the Covenant actually behind that veil in the temple? Yes. Or did it was there in that temple when Jesus died? I, I believe so. Okay. Because I it hit me yesterday that it could have also been an exposure of their lies. If the temple was supposed to have the Ark of the Covenant in it and the Ark was not there, that would have exposed their lie also. Ah, interesting. 
Yeah. I know, I know it's lost now, but that would be pretty cool yes. if we found that, right? It has the the bud of Aaron and his staff. It's got the it's got the Ten Commandments in there as well. It's got a bowl of manna. So that that's been that's being right. preserved just supernaturally. That would be pretty cool <laughs> to see. Right. <laughs> no, right. but no, but I think you're you're exactly right about the. Um, the, the spirit of Rome is still alive with all the symbolism we see in this, these secret societies. And boy, is it, what, a, what a great time to be alive, huh, Chris, to be able to see that fall. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, thanks for sharing. It's, it's, it's awesome to just to be able to discuss some of these things. Um, and uh, I'll tell you what, this is, I invite you, by the way, backstage. So uh, I forgot to do that at the beginning is that you, we now have a pay forward model, so you can come on for absolutely free, right? So create your account at blessedteach.com. You can come back backstage to, to uh, just like Chris and Annette and, and Terry and Lois and other, others have been backstage during this broadcast. You can be back here on Sunday mornings or uh, Fridays when Gus and I are doing praise and prayer. We do a lot more discussion. I, I kind of taught long, we didn't do as much discussion today because I just wanted to kind of get, kind of, uh, get through that. But I want to invite you, just go to blessedteach.com, blessed with the number two teach.com, create your backstage account. You also have access to all the searchy tool to be able to find all the prophetic words of Amanda and, and, and the actual videos of the exact second of the search terms you give it, right? As well as we have uh, Mary Crowley going to be prophetically, um, those people who have their camera on backstage, she will prophesy over you specifically um, on Tuesday and then Wednesday, Amanda Grace comes on. You can be backstage with Amanda. You can be backstage with 107. You can be backstage with Derek Johnson, who are all coming on this next couple of weeks. Uh, so get, create your free account and uh, come and join. And if you're blessed, uh, pay forward as well. Uh, um, they, it's a beautiful time to just, we just, we just want to make sure you know that the, the show is free. Um, the uh, show notes are free. The, the neighborhood.social, the Facebook replacement is free as well as uh, now you can get to backstage for free as well. Um, we love you guys so much. And hey, we're gonna be now moving off of all this end time stuff. And, and I'm sort of, we'll get into Revelation at a later time in more detail, but right now we're gonna, we're in the book of Daniel, right? So we went through one, two, and then we caught, got cut on two, two, seven, and eight. So we're gonna go to chapter three of Daniel, and then we're gonna be teaching on the statue that he builds, that Nebuchadnezzar builds. And, uh, and then also um, the fiery furnace and the fourth man in the fire, which I believe is a Christophany. We'll, we'll talk about that as well. Christ coming down and saving Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We're going to be talking about the fourth man in the fire on Monday. That'll be teaching on Monday. We'll be doing that, right? And we'll continue to go through Daniel Monday, Thursday, Sunday. Um, I am going to be having a big trip to Israel. So we're going to have some adjustments uh, uh, to that schedule. But in general, that's what we're going to be doing the next uh, couple weeks. And then... Um, in after um, late June when I return from Israel. But you guys are awesome. Uh, join us again backstage and on the neighborhood, neighborhood.socials, where we're getting together. Don't be isolated. Love you guys so much. And uh, with that, it's the backstage with my unmuting and saying goodbye. Have Bye. a great day, guys. Yes. Everyone. Bye, Matt. Bye, Terry. Bye, Chris. Bye, Terry. Goodbye, Lewis. Bye, Bye. Bye-bye. Talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye, Rick. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <Bye, Ray. laughs>